welcome to episode 140 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I am Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we're back with normal static this week. Hey, happy 2020. Uh, no, this is going to come out literally today. Oh, like right now? Yes. Happy 2019, everybody. <laughs> like, I'm going to leave this recording and go home and edit it and get it out. All right. Yes. Amazing. Uh, no, we're, we're trying for, to... for people listening to this in 2020, <laughs> happy 2020. No, people only listen to it the day it drops. We That's have true. no follow through whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, cause I, I literally just flew in last night. And so this is why we're, we're getting this out. Very quick turnaround on this one. Yeah. Next episode will come out in happy 2020. 2020. But this is coming out on New Year's Eve. Yes. So happy end of 2019 beginning of 2020 mm-hmm. may 2020 be better than 2019 yeah. happy kwanzaa for those still in the celebration spirit i think it's the only one still going on now hanukkah ended yesterday i honestly don't know i have completely shut myself off from the outside world for the last about five days that's true it's been you, you've been in hawaii i've been in hawaii i've basically i've been actively ignoring people as they call and message me which Good. is probably a dick move on my part but I didn't care. I just wanted to do nothing but sit on the beach and read. Mm-hmm. So, and I did, and it was nice. Great. Yeah, I got tan-ish. I kind of see it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just didn't wear sunscreen one day, and somehow I didn't get burned. Great, despite this Irish skin, this pale complexion, very pale complexion that I call Chris. <laughs> no, it's been uh, it's been very relaxing. But yeah, we're we're back. We're talking Static Shock this week. Yes, we are. We are. Um, but first, some news. Uh, so something that I figured you would want to talk about, because it has to do with Disneyland. It does. Uh, they announced that the Avengers Campus is opening at Disneyland in summer of 2020. I, I know. I'm so excited. So I, so, so this is phase one. I, w- I want to preface this because Disney has repeatedly beat us over the head with these multi-phase releases. Because they just want to get something out as soon as possible to like recur the profits. Is that the right word? Recoup, recoup the profits as soon so, as as soon as possible. What I love is before you even start talking about what it is, you felt you had to qualify it because you know that what we're going to get is probably going to be kind of shitty, and so you had to go like the real super well, okay, deep. Okay, okay. I, I, the reason I brought that up is we we briefly talked about this already, but we have had ample conversation about Galaxy's Edge, but to Black Spire, Black Spire Outpost, the new yeah. Star Wars area, Rising Suns. Yes, Rising Suns, Bright Suns. I can't even get it right. It's rising moons for night, bright suns for day. Don't care. I know. <laughs> no one does. Um, I just want to know where the bathroom is. Stop <laughs> telling me the moon is rising. Um, so a lot of people have been, not a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people have been pretty upset with the release of Galaxy's Edge with the one ride and then the three things you have to spend extra money on. The cantina, <clears throat> which is near impossible to get reservations for at this point. Uh, the lightsaber uh, activity, which is a $200 activity, mm-hmm. and then the droid activity, which is a $100 activity. But that was all phase one because phase two was coming out you know, over the next two years, starting in January 17th when we're getting Rise of the Resistance, right. which I have been doing my damnedest to... Uh, be on media blackout for. I don't want to know anything about the ride before it opens. Okay. Uh, so don't spoil this for me. I don't know anything about like it. My coworker spoiled Star Wars minutes before I walked to the theater. Really? Yeah. I was I was <laughs> doing such a good job. You'll have to tell me off air what part of Star Wars. 
Well, just that it was bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was, I was doing such a good job, like, not watching any interviews, not reading any reviews, and literally as I was signing off from work, she's like, enjoy Star Wars, I heard it's not good. And I'm like, Alex, <laughs> I'd been doing so well going in with a clean slate. I mean, she was right. We'll she get was to, right. We'll, we'll oh, get she that. was incredibly right. We'll get that eventually. Uh, so at Galaxy's Edge, obviously the new ride's coming out. Um, the cantina is actually expanding because that was originally the foyer for the for the restaurant. Okay. That was Isn't supposed it foyer? to foyer. Foyer, whatever. Uh, the the entrance area for the actual restaurant, which is opening sometime in 2020. Mm-hmm. I assume late 2020. Yeah, probably. Um, so that will still be happening. So that queue, you know how for um, Smuggler's Run, yeah. it kind of goes to that weird back area where it's not themed. I mean, I haven't walked through that part of it yet because I've done it. Okay, but, but, you, but, but I know that it seen, exists. Yeah, yeah it's massive. So that area, once Rise, Rise of the Resistance opens, that area won't exist for a line. They're just hoping that the queue for, uh, for Smuggler's Run will just dissipate. Because that back area is going to turn into the restaurant area. Now, what's supposed to be behind those massive shield blast doors that are kind of over near Rise of Resistance? Is that part of Rise of Resistance? I I don't know. I I think, I hope, is they're going to have entertainment come out there. Okay. So we're going to have new aliens come out, new kind of residents of Batuu. They're going to have that weird, uh, like, spider droid from Jabba's Palace with, like, the brain, the bowl in the bottom. Yeah. Walk out and talk to children. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to have stuff like that. <clears throat> I'm hoping, because one of the rides we were supposed to get, which has now been killed because of how they designed the park, is originally we were supposed to get a Bantha ride, which was an Aww. outdoor, you ride on the back of a Bantha, and it takes you around the perimeter Aww, of Galaxy's so Edge. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm hoping they might change that, and you can still like have a giant creature come out where you can kind of line up and get on its back and then take a photo and then get off, and it'll make some animal noise. Right, and it'll take forever to get through. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so we know we're getting rollout of more Star Wars. Yes. So then what is happening with the the Avengers campus? Because they're, they're opening, each park is getting one, right? So why don't we just mm-hmm. stick to Disneyland, yeah. lest we be here for several hours? Yeah, and yeah, I, I only read the, the Disney Go, release. Yeah, because Disneyland is getting a Spider-Man ride, which is supposed to be kind of in the same vein as the Toy Story Carnival ride in California Adventures, right? Right. It's going to be a virtual shooting game okay. ride. Shooting webs. Yeah. Worth clarifying. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, so it's uh, there's an acronym that stands for WEB whatever. Yeah. Um, Worldwide <laughs> Engineering Brigade. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, we're getting a Spider-Man ride, and we're getting a restaurant, a theater area. The restaurant is pim um, themed. Yeah, Ant Man is, is Ant Man themed. The show area, I think, is coming out on launch. It might be part of Phase Two. But we're getting a Doctor Strange show. Okay, yeah. Uh, so interesting. I guess it'll be nice. It, it'll be like a, an interesting throwback to have like a magic show back in the park, like they had in the early '60s. Sure. Um, Getting that, 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 uh, shopping area. And I think that's it for phase one. Uh, so phase one, we're just getting the Spider-Man ride. Phase two, which will be coming out sometime in 2022 or 2023, we'll be getting the second ride in the same way they separated Star Wars. We're yeah. getting a, um, and I assume it has to be virtual because that space isn't big. It's but not very. Yeah, it's a, it's a, we're getting a digital, um, 
What are the, what's the plane called? Oh, the Quinjet. The Quinjet, yeah, ride. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, yeah, where you were flying to Wakanda. Oh, damn. Yeah, that'll be a cool experience. Yeah, okay, so there's some cool stuff coming down. I'm surprised they chose that over um, the Milano, since they already have a Guardians thing here. Well, technically now it's the Benatar. Whatever. The Benatar. I'm surprised they're not doing that kind of ship. Uh, I guess because they already have a Guardians ride, they probably want to capitalize mm-hmm. on the rest of the and, cast of characters. Yeah, so. and, and I bet they're going to, since there's still the, the Marvel ruling over theme parks where everything east of the Mississippi is owned by Universal, mm-hmm. um, they're probably going to focus most Guardians things in Florida because that's not part of the contract. Oh, okay, right. So, yeah. oh, Disney World can't have any... Marvel thing, yeah. So that's why Universal Florida has a Hulk ride, a Spider-Man ride. Right, 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 right. Um, and that's why it's still the Tower of Terror out there and hasn't been converted. Right. Yeah, it hasn't been ruined. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> happens in the next couple of years. I mean, uh... Hollywood Studios, like, we joke that DCA is, is IP land, but, yeah. like, Hollywood Studios is through and through IP land at this point. Yeah. We, mm, at some point, we should do a dedicated episode just on the future of Disney. I would love to. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. I know. I kind of want to get them all out of the way in one episode. <laughs> nope. Despair us other places. But I, I have, I'm excited about this. I'm also very cynical about it. Um, yeah, the past few launches, like once everything is open, the areas are cool. But like we had that same problem with um, Pixar Pier. Yeah, where they only, you know, they promised us three rides, and when it opened, it was just a reskin of Incredicoaster yeah. uh, that wasn't what they promised us. Yeah, it was far, far short, like shy of that. Yeah, yeah, I. And then uh, it took you know eight months for the carousel to come out, and then six more months for. Um, is the Inside Out ride open now? It is now. Yeah, it's okay. been open since July. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because we didn't go when we did the Blackout Bingo thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We we shall see. I think. I think it's getting more and more challenging to go and enjoy time at Disneyland. It's just getting so one so crowded and they're, they're really making it hard to just go like because it's getting so busy and they're stratifying all this, um, like fast pass stuff. I think it's going to get harder and harder. Okay. I don't know. We shall see. Mm -hmm. Uh, but along the lines of Disney and Marvel. Yay. on On this DC podcast. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has confirmed that they are now working with Marvel Studios on Deadpool 3. I saw. Which that's is exciting. Super, that's super exciting. Yeah. No, it is very exciting. Because, I mean, yeah, the last two were were fun. I think they're probably some of the funniest movies that have to come out in the last mm-hmm. few years. And, and with the rise of, like, big-budget R-rated films. Yeah, well, that's, that's going to be the other interesting thing to see is, like, will it still be R? And how, how edgy will they go? Mm-hmm. I feel like they, those first ones weren't even that edgy. Were they? No, I mean it's just cursing. It's just yeah. It's just the the fucks. Yeah, exactly. And like a little bit of some sexual stuff, especially in the first one. But otherwise, it's like it's not that bad. Like, I mean, but Disney owns a branch because uh, what's what's their like adult not adult film, but like their mature still doesn't sound right. Um. Oh. Um. Well, Buena Vista is their mm-hmm. overall distribution company. Right. It's not Touchstone. Touchstone uh, is. is is it Touchstone? Maybe. I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember who it is. It'll come to me down the line. But they still have Fox. Like, that's the thing. This will probably yeah. still get distributed under Fox, but it'll just be interesting to see, like, how edgy they go. But, I mean, 
Like, I've been catching... I, I would love to see Deadpool, see, you know how they have the castle animation at the beginning. Yeah. Not, I don't think they would do that. Yeah. But I would love for Deadpool to mess with, like, all of the Disney intros. That would be pretty fun. Like, you yeah. have him kind of ripping out the pages from the Marvel intro. Yeah. Of... Uh, and it's like sticking, you know, his butt on all of them. I don't know what would Ryan Reynolds do. I don't know. He, uh, I think he would replace the lamp, and he would just hop along. Oh yeah, the he screen would, and jump. Oh, that's that's totally gonna be the intro. Is there's gonna be a goon sitting there, and he's gonna set up the other letters. And yeah. He's gonna go, and he's gonna like curb stomp them. <laughs> I think they can do some fun. St- I, I think there is room for them to be clever, incorporating the fact that it's now technically Disney, mm-hmm. and you don't have to necessarily be like raunchy to do that. It's just a matter of like, will Disney let them be yeah. fun and subversive? And I, and I think we saw a little bit of that with the the very planned Simpsons social posts. Oh, yeah. Where everyone's like, oh, Simpsons is being so edgy and they're being so mean to their new owners. And I'm like, no, Disney approved all this. Let's not forget that. Yeah, the, no, they have to approve all these sort of things. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just excited for that because more Deadpool's always a good thing. Yeah. Okay, uh, did you watch the Red Sun trailer? Getting did getting on topic here. Yes. No, have you you've read the comic? I have read Red Sun. Yes. Okay, I can never remember what you have and have not read. It's 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 probably best to assume that I haven't I have read anything. Yeah. yeah. I always assume you have. I have this beautiful bookshelf here. You do with so many things you have not read on it. I mean, you I've, haven't read Watchmen, right? I, yeah, I have not read Watchmen. God damn it! <laughs> I forgot that was on my shelf. God damn it, camera. I'm, but that top corner, the Scott Pilgrims, I've read those many many times. I, I well, if I'm looking at this right. Those are two complete sets of Scott Pilgrim, right? Yes. They're diff- yeah, they're different ones. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I won't judge you for sticking to your guns and the things you do love. You've read New Frontier. You've read Long Halloween now at yep. this point. You've read yep. Year One? Uh, yeah, I've, re- I've read Year One. Okay, well, again, <laughs> you how haven't. dare you assume I haven't read one of the shortest ones? <laughs> okay, but you, you have... Mean Killing Joke and, and Year One are both under 100 pages? Yeah, I've read those. Oh, the Killing Joke's not that good. I like it. I'm just going to throw it out here. It's not that good. I like it. Mm. Uh, but no, you have read Red Sun, which for those of you who don't know, which I'd be surprised you didn't, but it's a story from Mark Millar where Superman lands in the Soviet Union during the Cold War rather than in the United States, and it all kind of goes from there. But it incorporates like Batman and Wonder Woman, the Green Lantern Corps, Lex Luthor, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, like Lana Lang, like all the major staple characters incorporated just kind of these weird tangential yeah, but ways. But now some of them are Russian. Yeah, exactly. I guess um, it's Russian Batman. Yeah, well, it is a different universe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Your point? I don't know. I, don't, I never have a point. But I think, no, it does look really good. I mean, they definitely seems like they've actionified some elements of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a whole sequence of the trailer of Batman flying around in a helicopter, which I don't remember that being part well, of. Well, I mean, the, he, yeah, he's a terrorist in this in Yeah, this but I don't remember the helicopter sequence. I I remember he has like two big sequences, and I, I feel like one of them he's in a helicopter. He may be. They're usually pretty faithful to these stories, uh, except for Hush. Yeah, except for Hush. Yeah, and the and the additional scenes of Killing Joke. Yeah, but the the stuff that was there was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, look, I'm I am excited about this. I love that story, and I think they'll they'll probably do a pretty good job with it. Like, it's not set in the New Fifty Two universe, which makes sense because it's it's its own universe as we've just established, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, the animation looks good. Jason Isaacs is doing the voice of Superman. Yeah, it's, he doesn't have a good Russian accent. It's not. Yeah, it's not a real Russian accent. No. But then, like, I hate to say this, but I, I feel like that's how Superman should be, though. Is like Superman should have a bad Russian accent. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any like well-known Russian or even Eastern European actors that could 
slot in there. Well, uh, David Harbour is doing a Russian accent for Black Widow. Yeah. But I meant, like, actual, real, like, Russian Eastern European actors. Oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jason Isaacs is English. Yeah. Welsh? Probably Welsh. English? I'm going to look that up. Who, who is the most famous Russian actor? Let's Google this. Let's do some live Googles here. Um, is he... Oh, no, he's, oh, he's British, Jason Isaacs. Um, but no, I mean, it looks, it looks fun. And then, so that comes out, I think, February 25th on digital. And then... Uh, I don't know why I thought I could pronounce any of these people's names. <laughs> Googling who, famous Russian actors. And who, who have you come back with? Uh, Vladimir Moshkov, obviously. Uh, Nikita uh, Mikhalkov. So, I mean, I'm not seeing anyone... I don't know, a single... Let's, let's try Ukrainian. Let's, let's... I'm recognizing some faces... But no, not that you need to have like a name brand person necessarily, but usually when they Steven do... Steven Seagal? Oh, dear God. <laughs> That's... Oh, dear God. Uh, Oleg Tartov? Tar uh, hard pass on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they usually like to put in someone who has like a little bit of pop culture cachet. And so, I mean, obviously Jason Isaacs is a, is a great choice. Mm -hmm. That I love him. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think it should be pretty good. And then uh, last trailer here, did you watch the new full Onward trailer? I did, yeah, because this, this is what they showed. Not this trailer, but they showed a lot of these clips at D23. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I forget that you, you've seen all of this already. Yeah, I've seen the movie pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah, no big deal. Uh, no, I mean, it looks... I'm not still super excited about it. This movie is going to make me cry. Mm -hmm. Like... Hands down. I know it's going to make me cry. Hey, hey, think about this, though. You still have a dad. Oof, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that... <laughs> is that the realest moment we've ever had on this podcast? Yeah. Welcome to the real world, everybody. <laughs> oh, shit. Tim Talk meets the real world. <laughs> oh, shit. Um... Yeah, so, once you come back to that. Uh, so, Cameron, <laughs> what, how how did this trailer make you feel? Oh, fine. Uh, I so after watching Frozen two, well, we've done a lot of Disney talk today. This is great. <laughs> is it just because we're in my apartment? You just felt like you had to cater I think cater I, properly. I don't. It, it definitely wasn't a, a a willful act. I think I just absorbed <laughs> just the Disney energy in here. Mm -hmm. It's impossible not to. You are wearing a Disney sweatshirt yeah. and Avengers hat. Um, I'm not even going to try and list all the things. <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh, no, so after Frozen 2, I am excited to see, like, animated mythological things again. Yeah. Because I forgot how great, like, animation and sci-fi, not sci-fi, and animation fantasy. and fantasy go together. Yeah. Because it's been a while since we've had, like, a good American fantasy animated movie. Uh, I mean, I guess, like, Shrek was one of the last big ones. And that was... 10. 19 years ago. Mm, what was that? Yeah. It's 2001. Ew. I mean, we can, we can consider two, three, and four. Yeah. I mean, two's great. I never saw the other two. Um, yeah. Two's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been a while since I've seen anything like that. And Frozen 2 wasn't a great movie, but I was happy yeah. just to live like in a fantasy <clears throat> world again. Yeah. And so that aspect of this movie I'm excited for. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of it, I'm worried they're leaning too far into the, like, ripping out the heartstrings. Yeah, I guess 
what the for me this movie doesn't feel like a, a Pixar film except for the the real obvious like emotional gut punch they're they're winding up for. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it just doesn't have that same sort of their dad's been with them the whole time. Exactly. Yeah, he lives in their hearts. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't have the sort of inventiveness and like the the weirdness that you kind of come to expect. And we think we even talked about this maybe in the last episode, but that. Did we talk about this trailer on the last episode? We might have. <laughs> Shit. Whatever. We're going to talk about it more. <laughs> to be fair, that was like a month ago. Yeah. We haven't seen each other in a while. I, I don't know. I'm so confused. But no, like it, by comparison, Soul looks very Pixar. Mm-hmm. Their next film after that. And this one just, this feels like it could have come from Disney's in-house animation studio. And, not, and that's not meant to be disparaging. I, I won't even make an argument that maybe the last few years that that, animation department has maybe been making better stuff than Pixar has. Well, I mean, after John Lasseter kind of jumped ship from Pixar, because he, he became the lead of, you know, Disney Animation Creative. Yeah. Uh, he really steered that ship properly until his until he left. Until, yeah, until, until all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this feels more like a Disney animation than a Pixar. Yeah. But it's probably still going to be good. Yeah, and in that, like I said before, that world... Is what I'm like the idea of a modern Middle Earth, I think, is what I'm most excited to see. I think it'll be playful. I think it'll be a lot of fun. There, there's even some fun jokes already in the trailer, so I think we'll see a lot of fun stuff after mm-hmm. the movie itself. So I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It's always Christmas Eve on the. I was about to say the Empire podcast because that's their. Fuck you. <laughs> that's their motto. Fuck you. Uh, check that bingo box. All right, shall we move on to Static Shock? Now? Let's talk about some static. All right, so uh, the first episode we're talking about this week is Junior. Yes, yeah. I, I was really excited to get to this episode. Yeah, so it's the the introduction, and if it's... N- Don't tell me if we see him again. I like to be surprised by these things. Okay. It's the introduction of Edwin Alva Jr. You think he's going to get out of his carbonate freeze? I mean, he might. Who knows? I don't know. I don't yeah. remember any of this show, so I'm like, I'm just going with the surprises as they come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying not to have it all spoiled for me. I will do my best. Not to spoil it. Right. Uh, but no, so the the whole plot of this episode basically is that they are uh, opening a new gymnasium at the community center that was donated by Edwin Alva, who has gone through a grand jury trial and made it out clean after he was accused of whatever he was accused of earlier yeah, on in the season. I want to talk about being in the real world again. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, business tycoon gets away with really bad shit. Yeah. All fiction. But he is opening up this gymnasium, and his son is so upset because his son never gets any sort of attention. So he basically goes and fills a bunch of bubble wrap I, with the gas. This with is the one Big of my Bang gas. favorite, like, villainous things ever, is yeah. the fact that it is just straight-up bubble wrap. It is, yeah. It's is a, the funniest thing to me. I mean, it's it's a clever idea. And they, they even established that the, the son is, you know, pretty smart in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just not living up to the senior's expectations. But yeah, so he creates this this suit, and his whole thing is that every time he he pops one of the bubbles, he absorbs the gas, and it gives him a new power. Yeah. Um, and they're not temporary, are they? It's a little bit unclear. Yeah. Because they don't reoccur for the most part. Um, he just kind of like pops one and absorbs that power, and then usually that power doesn't come back around. So I guess we can assume that maybe to some degree it's temporary. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a it's a cool idea yeah. to take out of this. And so he goes by the name of um, um, Omnifarious. Omnifarious. Which threw me off. I thought his name was just Nefarious because he goes, I'm Omnifarious. And I guess I just combined those two 
phrases right there. And I thought yeah. his, he kept saying, I'm nefarious. It means, takes many forms. I'm like, no, doesn't it just mean evil? Yeah, he's like a little trickster. I miss the omni part of yes, it. Yes, omnifarious. But his, or as, as we referred to him before this, omnibus. I couldn't remember his name. I was like, omnibus. We're going to go with omnibus. So omnibus's whole plan is to just constantly sabotage Alva's operations just to piss him off, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the subplot of all this, too, is while this is happening, is that Mr. Hawkins is really skeptical about what Virgil's up to because he knows that he's just kind of showing up late all the time and not necessarily like shirking his responsibilities but acting in an irresponsible manner because obviously he doesn't know that Virgil's now static. And so obviously we get this whole two dads parallel thing going on. They're, one is a really great dad, one is a super shitty dad. One is a great kid, one's a super shitty kid. Mm-hmm. Which just, you know, shows again, Mr. Hawkins, great dad. He's a, gr- he's a great dad. Great dad. And also we get to see uh, sister. I always forget her name. Sharon. Sharon. Good sister. Yeah. Like, what a good family. Yeah, she stands up for Virgil because Virgil tells Mr. Hawkins, you know, I can't tell you what I have going on. I just have all these things that keep me busy. And Sharon even says, you know, he's a good kid. Like, don't quote me on this, but he's a good kid and you should cut him some slack. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice moment. And again, I, I feel like a lot of these episodes feel like they had a character piece and then maybe a villain idea and they kind of mash them up, but they usually do a pretty good job. Yeah. Like this is both a good idea for a story about addressing the the building tension between Virgil and his dad because Virgil's now a hero and the dad doesn't know mm-hmm. with this. What I think is a great idea for a villain character too, because it's hard to just keep doing a villain of the week thing without kind of looping it into the the normal story or the normal lives of the character. Yeah, that and then also being clever about it. Oh, yeah. So you can't really have another big bang, but the idea of having a character that has access to the gas and does something fun with it is worked. And I, I like his design, too. It's a little bit silly. Like, all the costumes... It's very silly. Like, all the costumes of this world are not great. There's definitely this purple hey, motif hey now, hey running now. through all of it. I mean, come on. Rubber Band Man is a classic costume. I mean, Rubber Band Man, it works for what he is, this weird purple condom that he's always wearing. <laughs> but uh, a hot streak. A hot streak is his, just Mark his McGrath. Big, his big boy pants. But, I mean, I think the worst offender was, what was um, Blowhard? What was his name from from the last episode? Uh, the, the Wind Powers. Oh, oh God! What was his name? Um, Who he was dressed like uh, not Whiplash, a uh, kid doing his own version of a RuPaul Drag Race yes. costume. Uh, hold on, I have I have it in my notes somewhere. I don't know. I, I usually clean up my notes over time. So Slipstream. Slipstream. There we go. Yeah, I mean, some of the costume designs are great. This one's pretty good. There's like this blue suit with some like white trim on it, and then yeah, these, bubble wrap, just bubble wrap <laughs> along his belt and along his cuffs. But it's a good idea, and they give him some interesting powers throughout the thing. So he can fly, he can shoot heat beams, what X-ray vision. At one point, he grows like weird purple pterodactyl wings. Well, so so this storyline, I think they've they've done so well because they've already done it in in uh, Batman Beyond. So we have that episode where his mom was upset. It's season oh. one where his mom was upset with Terry. That he, you know, was shirking family responsibilities. He was wasn't... it the Slappers episode? Yes. Okay, yeah. Where they think that he's on drugs. Yeah. Don't uh, do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. PSA. Yeah. Uh, for for a show that is like the most, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the most intense and the most real. I think this one has the fewest PSAs. Well, I think they got a little bit better about instead of just doing weird PSAs like don't play on train tracks. Yeah. 
or multiple times, or, yeah. <laughs> one per season. Or don't take drugs created by a supervillain. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they just incorporate into good storytelling. Yeah. A little bit. Like, there's a lot less of the, like, Batman more or less, like, looking down the barrel of the camera, like, thumbs up, like, don't do this, kids. Don't do it. Versus... Don't ride a Christmas tree out, ride a Christmas tree out of a jail cell. I mean, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, yeah. Would. Yeah, probably. Would try. Why not? Try everything once. Exactly. Or maybe thrice. But, yeah, they, they incorporate this stuff well into the actual structure of it and give like make a story out of it rather than shoehorning it into some like weird, awkward message. Mm-hmm. But, no, I mean, it's, it's a nice idea about that, you know, uh, there will always come a point where parents... Uh, I say this. I don't know. I'm a child, not a parent. Where, like, I assume parents have to deal with, like, their kids growing up and having to be their own person. And sometimes that comes off as being irresponsible, but you have to trust them on some level. Oh, yeah. I, I talk with my mom about that constantly. Mm. We're, like, we had, a, we had a conversation a few weeks ago <clears throat> about my life trajectory as it landed versus what she had planned for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her, her response was, like, well, as a parent, you just can't. Like it, it, it's irresponsible if you have a plan for your child already, yeah. because then you're going to try and force them down that, mm-hmm. which they may not like, and then it'll you know kind of explode in your face at some point down the line. Yeah. Uh, but her idea was like when you're in middle school, that is, she, her words were, uh, when you're an average student, like I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her she she said average a little too often to make me comfortable in this conversation. Cindy. Uh, but her idea was like, if you have like an average kid, that's the scariest territory because, you know, when you, when you have like the, I also went to a very, very small school. Mm-hmm. My middle school was 24 people, <laughs> um, in, in my class. Yeah. Um, when you have like the smart, good kids, they kind of stick to themselves and they don't really branch out, try and bring people up with them. Mm-hmm. But normally when you have the bad kids, they're the ones that reach up to pull you down. Okay. So when you're kind of stuck in this middle area as a parent, that's your most concerning point because you don't know which way they're going to go. And you oh, don't know what's happening when they're gone for eight hours. You know, you, you don't know which circle is pulling them more. Yeah. So that's when you have to like, you know, be super hard with the rules and the, the guidance and, you know, really do your best to block off that line between the average and the, the below average. Okay. And I did a lot to drop myself down there, and somehow she still <laughs> like, managed what, to pull me up. I was like, "What?" But I, what were you doing? I was just—I just like hated school. I had a thirty-six average in my English class. At wait, one point, thir- wait, thirty-six percent? Yes. Because I, I just—I never read the books. Surprise, well, surprise. I was like, well, I was about to say, we know you didn't read anything. Uh, so. I just like didn't turn in the homework. Uh, I it it uh, basically ended. I think subconsciously I knew what school kind of goes along with, like, don't plan out your kid's future. Yeah. There's a school my mom wanted me to go to, which I ended up getting into somehow with mm-hmm. my horrible grades. Uh, and there's a school that I wanted to go to where all my friends were going. Okay. And so I knew that school had a lower bar. So I just had to do well enough to not fail my school, which I was definitely doing. Yeah. Um, and make it into that school and not worry about the school that I did end up going into. But you still got into the good school. I did because I'm a goddamn good writer, <laughs> and I, I sucked <laughs> up to the counselors. Uh, it was like you had to take the um, there's a special test you have to take to get into private high schools in okay. Texas. 
Um, and at the end, there's an essay portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the like the guidance counselors read that just to kind of get an idea of who you are. And my essay was, where would you like to travel? Mm-hmm. And I said, Australia. And no, I said New Zealand. Okay. Uh, because of the Rocket Power movie <laughs> that came out back in 1999, <laughs> one of our uh, guidance counselors was was a Kiwi. He was okay. from oh, New Zealand, and he my, loved my essay so much oh my God. that he stuck his neck out for me <laughs> and got me into the school, so, got me into Jesuit. What what I love about this is I was, <laughs> as you were, were talking, uh, I was preparing jokes, but you somehow, <laughs> your reality is more ridiculous than the jokes that I was going to make. I thought you were going to write an essay about... Uh, something having to do with Pokemon and about how you have to like catch them all in terms of all the subjects and you have to like work and no, nurture Chris, each one of cliche, them. Please, I was like gonna go down that route and then you had to throw in Rocket Power. Yeah, that was a great movie. <laughs> I don't know how I'm still surprised when you out parody yourself. Yeah. I wrote I wrote an essay about why Rocket Power was great and it encouraged me to go to New Zealand, and that got me into a private high school. <laughs> Have you gone to New Zealand yet? No. Oh, I want to go. I know you gotta go. I'm I'm gonna. Yeah. What What was the Rocket Power catchphrase? Woogity 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 woogity. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Mm-hmm. Or as the great Hawaiians used to always say from Tito. You don't remember Tito? Do you I, know, watch I, Rocket Power? I know I watch Rocket Power. I know Tito, and okay. I know he always the Great Hawaiians. I was waiting for you to say whatever message he no, had. No, that was that was he'd always start, you know, he'd give his great words of wisdom. Yeah. Because he knows the great Hawaiians used to always say, and then some parable. Okay. Insert Hawaiian parable here. You haven't remembered any of the Hawaiian parables from oh, Rocket Power? I don't. Cameron. Give me a minute. Cameron, you embarrass yourself I on do. this podcast. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, going back to like, yeah, yeah. when when you are a parent and you have this this, you know, your child is now out of your hands more than they're in your hands. Yeah. It's like they're out at school and extracurriculars and you don't get to see them for, mm-hmm. you know, eight hours a day, sleeping eight hours a day. That doesn't doesn't leave a lot of social time for you. Right. Crime fighting three to four hours a day now, too. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's it's a nice story and it, it parallels well with uh, Alva Jr., who basically just wants his attention. And what I thought was really interesting was that... Alva Jr. Omnibus doesn't wear a mask, mm-hmm. but he is still outed to his dad by Virgil. Because at one point, Omnibus uses one of his little popper thingies and can now has see X-ray vision. So he looks he looks through Static's mask, which I took you a second to realize they had actually like vaguely animated that, you know, the same way of like in um World's Finest when Superman looks through Batman's mask, mm-hmm. and it's like the mask is kind of translucent over his face. That works because it's covering up most of his face. Yeah. With this, I'm like, it took me a second to realize they had actually done anything because so little of the mask <laughs> actually covers his face. Well, I mean, that, that's the joke from the Green Ancient movie, right? Where Blake Lively's like, you don't think I'd recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't miss those cheekbones. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's like, oh, okay, he looked and he figured out then that's it was Virgil. But mm-hmm. so Virgil knew that he was potentially going to get outed. So before that, he's like, okay, one, I have to go tell 
uh, Alva Sr. So he can try and intervene, but then also he goes to try and tell his own dad mm-hmm. that he's static. And before he get a chance to, uh, his dad basically comes to him and is like, look, I, I trust that you are being responsible even if I don't necessarily see how you're doing it. And it's this really nice little moment. And also he walks away before Virgil can say anything because Virgil says, oh, wait, I have something to tell you. And he sees like a fire off in the distance and races off. But, you know, I'm glad they finally brought that up, that at a certain point they were going to have to address the fact that the dad doesn't know what's happening. Because mm-hmm. you would notice if your son's just not around for a whole bunch of the time and he's constantly running late and stuff like that. Yeah. But then it's paralleled with the tragedy of Alva and his son because Alva finally figures out what his kid is up to and tries to stop him by sending these really ugly-looking mech droids. <laughs> Like, hey, you, hey, they're doing their best in the early 2000s. Okay, but like these, okay, these are particularly bad. For those of you who didn't... We don't have the Titan AE budget. <laughs> they kind of look like stuff from <laughs> Titan AE, to be honest. Like, they are, they're like army green, and there's a pilot inside of it, but it's basically like wings on the bottom, like, like jet wings in the bottom, and then a torso with a domed helmet and mechanical arms but the pilot's arms aren't actually inside of the mechanical arms. They're inside using the controls. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like a jet fighter centaur mech suit, which when I say that out loud, sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Looks really Just fun. don't say it too loud because Michael Bay will probably <laughs> make three movies out of it. I would not watch those. <laughs> but they look really dumb. But in trying to stop... Omnibus, he basically the the kid like pops all of them and he goes to this really bizarre transformation where he turns like all these weird kind of squid monster things. Like this happened in one of the other static episodes too. Um was there a, like a shape changing character? I remember another moment where the character became like these weird purple tentacle like monster things. Which one was that? I mean there's um there's the guy that turns into kind of the purple blob, purple electric blob. Are you think because I was thinking of um, the Clayface transformation when he gets shocked in his second appearance in Beatles? No, it's not quite that because like, Clayface works in that regard. Is it grounded? What's what's Goobzilla? Oh, that's the um, the amoeba. Yeah. Okay, it's not that. I don't know, but yeah, he like becomes all these weird like cycloptic tentacle monster things, um, and then eventually goes back to himself and basically he gets trapped in stone. Yeah. He, he carbonites himself. He carbonites himself, yeah. And uh, it's Virgil realizing that he he figured that a dad could intervene to try and help. And he's like, oh, I guess not everyone has it as nice as I do. And mm-hmm. flies off. But yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice moment. It's touching. Did you have that, like, what, what was your trust point with your parents through, like, high school, college? Did, did they have, like, a, a system set up where you had to, like, when you came home, you had to, like, you know, go and... Because for me, it was, like... Once I got my car, whenever I came home late, I would have to go in. I'd have to go and like physically tell my mom goodnight for her to test my breath for alcohol. <laughs> Which, yeah, in hindsight is hilarious. I love how she thought you were this crazy <laughs> rebel. Yeah. I mean, I told the story how she tried to sell me weed. That's right. She tried to be my own dealer. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never had that. I mean, I was... I was a really good student. I was like the nerdy, really good student kid that wasn't ever really getting into any sort of trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah, I, the only time I can ever think of like them kind of getting after me was I was had a friend sleep over and it was up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. There's not good cell receptions. Took a, like I got home much later than I expected to, and they couldn't really reach me. And they were like set me down. And they were like, you know, we want to make sure you're responsible and keeping in contact with us. And me being me, like had to make a joke about it. I'm like, what is this? The Spanish Inquisition? They did not like that. <laughs> did not like that at all. But I don't know. Like they always like kind of just like trusted me to like not be a fuck up. Okay. And then I went to college and drank so much. <laughs> and I, I was a fuck up, but they didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. I, I think a little bit was also my stepbrother, who, who's much older than me. He, he just turned 40, I think. Um, not much older. Sorry to all the 40-year-olds that listen. <laughs> um, he's an older stepbrother. I mean, he's like 15 years older than you. Yeah. Uh, where he... Uh, to, as I was turning 16 and getting my car, he told them the story when he was a senior in high school. All the seniors at my high, he went to the same high school as I do. Yeah. When you're a senior, on Wednesdays, you don't go to class. Instead, you go and do charity around the city. Oh, that's cool. Uh, for the entire year. Yeah. So you only have four-day-a-week stuff. And so when he was in high school, he convinced my stepdad that he was going to meet up with his friend because his friend lived closer to their service site. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, what he told them much later was they'd all rent a hotel room, get blackout drunk uh, with the girls from our sister school. We went to an old guy school. Nice. Um, yeah, and he'd have throw this huge rager every Tuesday night. God damn uh, it. <laughs> and that's, as I'm turning 16, my parents learned this story. And like, you were never going to do that. I'm like, with how I have three friends. <laughs> we don't have the capacity for that. How are we going to fit all these people and our gaming systems in these in this hotel room? Right. You have to like try and like reach behind the console, the TV to try and hook up the three wires. Yeah. The internet's only good for like four computers max. What kind of land party do you think we can throw at this place? <laughs> Wait, so then what what do your parents try to do to curb any potential rebellious behavior during your senior year when you went to go do community service work? Oh, they they knew my my service work was with the theater troupe. <laughs> I I I'm using air quotes as my service. Uh because we wrote a skit to teach kids not to bully each other. Okay. And we'd go and perform it at elementary schools around the Dallas Metroplex. It's adorable. It was great. It, it was great until the awkward ones where they would send us to an, an elderly home. Mm-hmm. And we'd have to perform the same skit written for, like, first graders. And I'm like, why? this is so belittling. Yeah, why? Like, were you trying to dissuade elderly people from bullying well, sorry, each other? Sorry, it was, it was half about bullying, half about, like, talking about emotions and making that yeah. okay. And I guess there was, a, there was a problem at the time with elderly people not talking about how they're feeling because their whole family has abandoned them in this uh, tiny yeah. <laughs> dorm room. But that's also a generational thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, every generation that precedes us talks about their emotions, even... Like, slightly more than the one that preceded them. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been, what, like, the greatest generation, I think, would have been about the age group that you would have been talking to? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about their emotions. Oh, never. No. We're not going to persuade them. No, they all lived through World War II and then just didn't talk about it again. Exactly. With no trauma whatsoever. Well, what was it's the, the John Mulaney quote? He's like, I, uh, I don't talk about my emotion. I, I keep it all inside, and then I die. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Repress it. Yeah. Uh, 
where was I going? Oh, no. So so after my senior year, what it turned into was my mom realizing that I'm the most boring child there was in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, and she would get mad at me because I would come home later and later because of cheer and theater. Yeah. Uh, the two <laughs> most dangerous of subjects. Uh, and at that point, she would already be asleep. And so I'd wake her up to tell her that I'm home. Yeah. And at that point, she's like, just stop waking me up. She's yeah. like, I get it. You're home. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. I don't care anymore. And I'm like, great. And that's when you started having ragers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when, I, and that's when I found cocaine. Exactly. That's why you have so much energy all the time. Yeah. You pull all those all-nighters. Uh, all right. Do you have anything else to say on, on Junior? Uh, what power would you want in a... Uh, in bubble wrap in form? Bubble, in bubble wrap form, yes. Flight. Yeah, probably. It's, it's the go-to. Like, what are the two cliches, like, flight and invisibility? Mm-hmm. Which I think is dumb. I'd always go teleportation. Because, because, here's my reasoning. If I can enhance my power well enough, I can teleport not just through the third dimension of, of distance, but also, like, the fourth dimension and include time travel. The fifth dimension and include, like, parallel universe jumping. You know, the fun stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say that if you developed your powers well enough, you could create a situation like you would like keep teleporting like higher, higher up into the air. <laughs> and then you would like let yourself drop a little bit and then start teleporting horizontally. So basically the momentum <laughs> would carry you like it was flight. Yeah. Like, uh, did you ever play portal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if you had portal power, <laughs> like not just teleportation, but, like you generated portals, you could do that. You could just like, boom, 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 whoosh. Yeah. Although that, that would be a pretty fun power to have. That actually would be pretty fun. Is, yeah. is the power of portals. How do you slow down? Uh, you don't. Great. Well, you, you, you do the, um, you have two portals, uh, parallel to each other so you continuously go up and then you kind of lose the momentum because of gravity okay as you can see from my hand movements yeah <laughs> brilliant all right should we move on to uh to replay here let's talk about replay okay so, so i had this episode confused with another episode which one uh we're gonna have one later with a uh, a speedster mm. um who who is there's a similar scene where he's kind of like walking out of a bunch of stores simultaneously Oh, because he's going so fast that he yeah. can hit all of them. Yeah. Because what this is, is this uh, kid, Johnny Morrow, who had a show, what is it, Johnny Johnny on the Spot? Yeah. He had a TV show as a kid. Um, and then the he get, basically the network canceled his show. And at some point, he developed the ability to duplicate himself. And so now he's like on a crime spree, basically, when we first meet him. He meets up with Static at the mall, and they get into a tussle. And as a result, Johnny's able to duplicate a version of static, which then he controls to go around mm-hmm. and commit crimes. Now, well, fun fact number one, the voice of Johnny Morrow. Oh, yeah, I forgot to look it up. Who is it? Neil Patrick Harris. <gasps> Amazing. Oh, yes. talk about child stars. Which is really brilliant because this is before he really had his career resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, one, that's a fun thing. But two, th- there was a brief moment early on in the episode when, uh, so there, he's, Johnny's like robbing all these stores in the mall. One of the stores he robs is a ju- <laughs> what? No, I know where you're going with this. He robs a jewelry store, and there's a watch that he's looking at that includes a wireless internet browser. We didn't get that technology until 2014, 2015 with the Apple Watch. Yeah, but that's always been like a watch device has been around since the 60s. Yeah, even before that. But it was always like a watch communicator or something like that. And I guess that's been so done they had to like push it that much further. But I feel like this came out in what, 2004? 
I feel like even wireless internet wasn't that mainstay yet. Uh, sorry, 2001. Yeah. So 2001, the internet obviously existed at this point. And we were past the point of dial-up. I think wireless was still in its infancy. Yeah. If I recall. Well, so 2001, so this is right around the the bubble, um, the dot-com burst. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's probably, like, murmurs of it. They probably talked. It was probably, like, a mainstay of CES that year. Yeah. I mean, we, we would have had it. Did, but uh, did we, though? I remember when we had wireless at our house. I guess it would have been right around this time, whenever the Apple first put out there. Yeah. And also, cell phones had, like, really shitty internet at this point. Um, like, I mean, I mean, like the Palm Pilot did. Yeah, and it, it, it just Palm Pilot in uh, wrist form. Okay, fine. It's not as ridiculous as it seems. <laughs> I tried to figure out when the first Apple Airport came out. Oh, 1999. Okay. There you go. Yeah. We always had, like, the new Apple gadgets growing up, which is pretty cool. Of course cool. you did. Of course we did. Of course. Did you have the colored, the colored iMac? We never, we that. never actually had one of those like the classic, not like the classic classic iMac, but like the one from our childhood. We never had one of those, but we did have, um, we had the the Mac Cube. Okay. So we we had a couple cool ones. We had the twentieth anniversary iMac or Mac, which was like, um, it was kind of like a completely vertical screen. It actually makes an appearance in Batman and Robin. Amazing. Yes, <laughs> it was a really cool looking computer. Um, we had that, so it's like, I mean, it doesn't matter to anyone who's not in this room with us now, but that's what it looked like. So it was kind of this, instead of being like that's a big sick. box, it was that. like this thin, kind of vertically mounted thing that had a vertical mounted CD-ROM drive on it. We had one of those. We had one of the Mac Cubes, mm-hmm. and then we had, I think it was the, I want to say like one of the first iMacs that had like the, the base station swivel base. We, we had a lot of Macs, and then we started getting laptops at a certain point, but we, we always had Macs. Um, but yeah, we always had airports. Okay, so fine. Yeah, wireless internet I, <clears throat> existed. Because I, I was I was the opposite. We we lived down the street from HP headquarters. Okay. So we like I remember asking my mom for a MacBook for the first time in like 2007, and it's like I just denounced our family. <laughs> she name. slapped you across the face, but not in this house. Emotionally, yes. No son of mine is gonna have a Mac. Yeah, it was like, like I I just like. I don't know, asked the the most heinous question. I, I can't even think of something in comparison to how, like, off-put she was yeah. from me asking this favor. It's still the most offensive thing you've ever said to her. Yeah. But then, of course, like, after I got mine, the entire family was like, oh, these iPhones are pretty cool. And, you know, now our entire family is all Mac at this point. Yeah. You just, it's, you get, it's hard to break off from suckling on that Mac teat. Mm-hmm. I still do it all the time. Yeah. Even though I become increasingly frustrated with Mac products, I still do it. Mm-hmm. I like, mean, even, even in, in working in an industry that, like, you need a PC. Oh, God damn it. I, okay, I will acknowledge one thing, because I'm not a PC person at all, but I will acknowledge that Outlook works much better on a PC than on a Mac. I don't use Outlook. Yeah, we have to use Outlook. I hate it. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, to be fair, it's actually pretty solid on a, on a PC. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I... Whenever there's anything like not working my computer at work, I'm like, fuck, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I need to just bite the bullet and build my own Hackintosh. Yeah, you probably should. Mm-hmm. Get on that, Cameron. I know. All right. I will. 2020 goals. <laughs> Your New Year's resolution. Build yourself a Hackintosh. Yeah. Uh, but no, so now uh, Johnny Morrow has this duplicate status going around and committing crimes. And so now the whole city turns against him, including Richie, because. The evil, evil doppelganger static, static attacks like attacks him and like magnetically static clings him to a, a billboard. Um, so no one believes him anymore. 
Um, and then he has to basically go to Richie for help because somehow the the duplicate that gets generated has the shock. Well, I was gonna call it a shock box. Okay, so it's not a learned, shock box. We learned something very interesting this week, where they are not called shock box B O X. For some dumb reason, they're known as shock voxes V O X. Yeah, which I don't get why, because isn't voxes truth right? Sure. In Latin, uh, that make the the website makes more sense then. This is almost as blasphemous as Bernard. Oh no, learned. sorry. Vox is the, uh, Vox Populi is voice of the people. So Vox, vo- okay, Vox is just vo- okay. voice. All right, that makes sense. Because that's like when I Damn found it. out <laughs> in Xenon Zetus Lapidus. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, it's C. It's not Z. It's Cetus Lapidus. It's Cetus Lapidus. It's Cetus Lapidus. Why would that be? It's Xenon. That's how we were able to get away with putting it on a shirt. It's because we didn't spell it the way they spelled it in the script. <laughs> genius yeah but if you did it the right way no one would know you're talking about like um you spelled this wrong yeah we'd get so many comments yeah wait fuck what's truth in latin is it aquinas why am i looking this up why does this matter it matters our listeners need to know uh doesn't matter i'll figure it out later okay but yeah so they there's a duplicate uh shock box so Static is able to convince Richie to help him, even though Richie is really dubious of, of Virgil at this point. And he's able to figure out that uh, Morrow's plan, who goes by replay, his plan is basically just go and trash the studio that fired him. And he goes down, he goes to do that, and then Richie shows up like, oh my god, there are two Statics, because there are two Statics fighting, and he captures on camera, and then the whole city forgives him. Yay. All is well, once again. Didn't take much time at all to get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I mean, it's, this it's is, fine. This is a storyline that, one, we've seen twice already, but also one that I love. It is fun. It, it always is fun to see the episode where the whole city turns on the hero for whatever reason. Well, I, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking... The, the doppelganger one? The, do, the doppelganger and the washed-up child actor. Because mm-hmm. we have um, Baby Doll from oh, Vitas. Baby Doll. Uh, with a very similar storyline. Very true. And yeah. we have Calendar Girl. The yes. The ex-model. Yeah. Uh, Who thinks she's hideous. Yeah. Just still a model. She's so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ones that like feel scorned because they're they had a bad agent. Probably. Yeah. It's probably at the end of the day, that's most likely the problem. The biggest problem in all of it. But th- so there was this moment early on when so after the, all this robbery is happening at the mall, and then uh Morrow leaves and goes to like this abandoned amusement park that is adjacent to the mall because most of it got torn down through have the mall be built. Mm-hmm. And one of the so the the main Morrow is basically attacking one of the the dupes and like wait did you let Static follow you and he's like no I didn't I swear to God and then they see Static and so Morrow like deletes the other duplicate but it kind of implies this idea that the duplicates are all sentient mm-hmm. which is horrifying yeah because basically he just creates these guys they run off and do his bidding but with sentience with self awareness and then he just destroys them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's pretty common with most clones. Yeah, but in a kid's show like this, to even acknowledge it has pretty massive implications. Mm. Well, because usually, usually when I see clones, I see it as the, like, 
it's the hive mind thing. Yeah, and that's normally what would happen. It's not the case here. Yeah. Um, sometimes, what are the other great clone episodes? Jimmy Neutron has a great clone episode. Oh, it does. Where he yeah. makes an evil, evil Jimmy. Yeah. Wasn't there an evil Timmy too at one point in Fairly Odd Parents? There, um, I feel like all kids' cartoons eventually do an evil doppelganger episode, and they always reference Mirror Mirror from Star <coughs> Trek and give the evil doppelganger like a goatee. Oh yeah, that that's always the thing is they always have a goatee. There yeah. there wasn't ever an evil Timmy that I can think of. I mean, there was like the rich kid that had uh, one Decimo. Oh, one oh, Decimo. Yeah, Wanda's uh, Wanda's ex. Uh, one Decimo is the best fairy. About him, him and Jorgen are the best fairies. <gasps> I forgot about one Decimo. Yeah. Oh, that tight yellow t-shirt. <laughs> uh, there was one Decimo, and then there was so uh, in the later seasons. I think we brought this up before. Wanda and Cosmo have a have a baby fairy. Yeah. Poof. Aww. And Poof had an evil fairy. So Poof was a, a circle. Yeah. And he had an evil she had no, yeah, he he had an evil fairy counterpart uh named Oh, uh Floop. Okay. It's, it's Poof backwards. Yeah. And that was a cube fairy Love with it. a goatee. <laughs> I remember even uh Sabrina the Teenage Witch had a whole season about that. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where she's like, yeah, it was, her, to, it was her sister. Yeah, trying to figure out the puzzle, and it's like every member of the Spellman family has a twin. Yep. Yeah, and then it's like, which witch is the good witch? Mm-hmm. Which witch is the evil witch? Yeah, and she's the the one we see is the evil witch. No, she's the good one. Sabrina ultimately ends up being the good one. Yeah, she does. She does a good act, which makes her the good one. But yeah, when in it the because I I rewatched all of Sabrina fairly recently. There. <laughs> no, no surprise there. Yeah, it's a great. Wait, how much of all of it did you watch? So there's. Did you like get into the college seasons. years? I I think I was just about to get into college. I feel like it I just it stop. just really it just didn't work after that point. Mm-hmm. As soon as she and Harvey broke up and that other guy came in, it's like, what's the point of this even? Well, I was I was doing it to lead into when the, the new, new Sabrina started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think I just mistimed it. Hmm. Um, but no, in in the so it's a two part finale of season three. I think sounds right. Um, where at the the end of the first part is you find out that our Sabrina is the evil Sabrina because she's the one that, not evil evil but she's done the most wrong with her magic. Oh, that's right, yeah. But in the end, she ends up doing a good deed with her magic, which lets her be the good witch. Okay. I thought they like throw the other one to a volcano or yeah. something. Yeah, she sacrificed. I, okay, I can't remember what it actually was. Like they literally throw into a volcano. I think it's literally they fault they throw into a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. But yeah, so but the weird thing is that the static dupe. Static doppelganger doesn't really have any sort of sentience. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he even speaks or not. He doesn't. I don't think he does. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I had a thought and I lost it. So there's a, there's a parallel storyline to this, which I also really enjoy. And it's when you have the hero overwhelmed with their power and want to give up and go back to their normal life. Oh yeah. Like the second movie in every superhero trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes you have that option of you can split. So you have like the person with keep like part of you keeps the power. Yeah. And that always ends up being the evil version. You have to combine back into yourselves. Yeah. And you I become think normal. Superman three did that. I've actually I haven't I don't think I've ever seen all of Superman three, but I know there's a very famous uh, like scene of the evil Superman who's got like five o'clock shadow and his whole costume is like a little <laughs> bit darkly tinted, like sitting in a bar, just like drinking alone. Amazing. I think even at one point he's like wandering around the city drinking from a brown bag too. Because my my thought was Danny Phantom has a really good episode of that. 
Oh, where they make yeah. uh, the Fentons make the Fanta or the the ghost net. Yeah, it separates. No, them. the oh, it's not a net. It's a um, a, a dream catcher. Yeah, dream catcher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it separates his ghost side from his human side. Yeah. That's a good episode. That's a good episode. Man, should, Danny Phantom's so good. This is a good show. We should do that show. Danny Phantom, like, the more that I watch Static, the more I realize Butch Hartman, even though they were done almost simultaneously, yeah. Butch Hartman must have talked, like, must be friends with one of these writers. Probably. Because the story the storylines are so similar. They are really good. That is a great show. It's so good. Vlad Masters is such a great villain. Oh, I think Martin Mole, right, is the voice of Vlad Masters? Uh, maybe? I don't know. No, that's right. <laughs> you you he, know that he's in the movie Clue, Cameron, which I know you're unfamiliar with. Clueless? Yes, exactly. Clueless. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know Clueless. Yes, the greatest. Wait, is Clue like the the prequel? Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a, a precursor to the satirical take on Emma. Great. Um, did I have anything else? Oh, at one point, uh, there's a Weinstein jewelry mart. Yeah, so that's what I thought you were gonna make a joke about, not the watch. Yeah, we're just not gonna talk about that. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know. I mean, like, it's a fine episode. I think of the two, I think Junior's a little bit better because it has a bit of a uh, more meaningful message. But even mm-hmm. again, like, this is kind of a, a, you know, an episode of the week. Not a throwaway episode in that sort of sense. Like, it's still good. Yeah. But they they put effort into all these things, which is mm-hmm. nice. We really haven't had a bad one yet, I would say. Yeah. There's always I, something I, worth. I do wish they would be a little more, this is very, very small. I wish they'd be a little more creative with the powers. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just like he conjures up, like, a, an electric shields and stuff like mm-hmm. that like it's not super I mean, it's, it's the same thing as it's just mirror master yeah pretty much mm-hmm. yeah it would be nice to see them do something kind of a little bit um fun and clever with it yeah sometimes. but i mean they're all still great all the characters are great i love these episodes yeah it's a good show we're always saying it's a good show oh it's also show. Uh, the new intro was this episode oh i skipped the intro this time yeah which i was totally surprised was it a little romeo rap uh as i got the power no, it, but this is when the one that goes like the static power, superhero static. Shock. It's like a precursor to that because it didn't go quite there, but it is a new. It's not the gotta get up, gotta go. Gotta oh, get okay. Up, gotta get up. They moved away from that, but then it has like the the stompy guy, and it has mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Who's the 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 gas girl? Oh, uh, the, uh, uh, puff, puff. It has I her yeah, last week. Um, yeah. So it had the new okay. characters in there, like some new animated sequences, and I was I actually had to I stopped well because this is the last i think this is the last episode of season one isn't it no we have one um, more okay. this season and i'm pretty sure it is uh so tantrum i just saw from the preview that it has to is do stompy boy or is it hot streak um no but it involves virgil it starts out with him at his mother's grave um so i don't think i don't think this is the the time travel one we're always talking about no it's no that that's further, much later it's very it's a little further along but uh, no we have one episode left this season but i was i when i saw that it was the new intro or a newer version of the intro i thought wait did i accidentally play an episode from season two and i went back and no sure shit it's this one so um yeah it's a slightly different song but because i don't think because little romeo also has a cameo and i think it was the season that he cameos <clears throat> when they did the new intro okay if i recall is it what it when it's just like the hype it's like the eight eight yeah, I think, yeah, it's pretty okay, much yeah. that. Yeah, it's that, that was like their filler theme. Exactly. Yeah, but I was like, oh, hey, new intro, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, shall we? Uh, shall we mosey along here to some notes from friends? Let's get it going. All right. Uh, so we did have uh, one from Ashley Clark. She sent something. I don't know if you saw it. I'll post a link to it in the show notes. But she sent a link to uh, a Tumblr page from this artist, just another wannabe classic, and she does did this really cool or I guess maybe she posted it from somebody else but it was on her page um, but I'll post these in the show notes but these really cool modern takes on what the Scooby Gang would look like Ooh, I really like this I'm digging it I know so I wanted to want to share those with you yeah that's awesome yeah like they're great, yeah. yeah they're 
I don't even know how they're just kind of like modern. Like yeah, I mean Fred has kind the, of hipster like, teens going on. Yeah, like, he's got like the jean jacket over the jeans, mm-hmm. sort of thing. But it's a it's a good design. I like it a lot. Yeah, those are great. Uh, and then wanted to do a, a shout out for Benjamin David's podcast, Above and Batman Beyond. Obviously, mm-hmm. one of our, our friends here. He uh, went to New York Comic Con recently and did some interviews with Laura Tom and Andre Romano. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'll link those in the, the show too. Go go check that out. And then, uh, you know, like I said, I've been stashing away questions from listeners to read out. And so this one is from Sam Gash, apropos of this week's episode. And he asked, Is Mr. Hawkins better than Ma and Pa Kent in Ooh. the contest for best parent in the DCAU? That's it. That's a tough question. So I, I was thinking about this a little bit. We don't get a lot of time with Ma and Pa Kent. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of like all of Ma and Pa. Right. Like Smallville Ma and Pa Kent. So I, I guess I'm focusing just on the DCAU. Because okay. we're always talking about how all parents in the DCAU are terrible, except for these three, basically. Mm-hmm. So with Ma and Pa, we get, one, that like the huge act of taking in Clark not knowing who he is or what he is and raising him mm-hmm. and instilling him with the values that makes him be Superman. Like... I think they do a bunch of stuff we don't see play out in the episodes that is really, really critical. And I yeah. think without and them, it, Superman wouldn't be who he is. Yeah. And I, I think from memory, for me, and probably for you too, the, the best scene with them is when is the Christmas one we talked about last week. Oh, I was going to say that my favorite moment of theirs is the, the first episode with the Legion of Superheroes when they go back to Smallville when Clark is a teen because they're trying to stop Brainiac. Mm-hmm. So it's that great moment when uh, Pa pulls out a shotgun and shoots Brainiac and he gets knocked down and then Ma walks up with a shotgun and also shoots Brainiac. <laughs> that's pretty good. But yeah, because you're right, the Comfort and Joy episode, that's great with them like talking with Martian Manhunter. But I think we don't get a lot of them on screen showing their influence. Mm-hmm. But I think we get a lot more of that with Mr. Hawkins because he's part of pretty much every single episode. Yeah. So, I don't know, can we... Can in, in that sense, I will say, yeah, Mr. Hawkins is a better parent. I think we see more of him being a better parent. Yeah. And it, it's also the time frame of, like, we only see what their teachings led for Superman. Yeah. And we don't... We're, we, I mean, we get to see, like, a Black Lightning later, even though they're not the same character. Yeah. Um, but we never get to see, like, you know, the end point of Mr. Hawkins' teachings. This is true. And, and guidance for Virgil. Yeah, we see it more happening actively along the way. And it's also worth acknowledging that... That's why I, that's why I was comparing it more to Smallville, where okay. it's kind of the similar age groups. Yeah, that's fair. I think, I think I'm probably going to give it to Mr. Hawkins, too, because I think he's just more of a realistic parent. Mm-hmm. Like, Mom and Pa are great, but their kid was essentially perfect all the time, and they had crazy circumstances for the raising an alien, but by the nature of that, it's all very unrealistic. Yeah. But also... They are very idealized version of parents. Like they are kind of perfect and flawless. Like mm-hmm. we don't ever have them being well, they, they in have, the they wrong. They have one major flaw that Mr. Hawkins fills. What? They're not friends with Shaq. I mean, that's that's true. That's the biggest flaw of them all. <laughs> yes. But, but Mr. Hawkins is close personal friends with, with Shaquille Shaq. O'Neal. But also, I mean, like which, in a, he, which appears multiple times in the series. One time. <laughs> multiple times. One time. <laughs> Multiple times in the series. But you know, we even see in this one of the episodes this week that Mr. Hawkins has moments where he is flawed and he's imperfect and he has his own doubts. And I think that makes it much more realistic. And in doing so, I think sets a kind of a better example because he is imperfect and acknowledging that is more valuable than just having perfect parents. Mm-hmm. So I think to answer your question, Sam, yes, 
definitively Mr. Hawkins is a better parent than Mom and Pa Kent. We've, we, we have said it. Yes. It is so. Yes. <laughs> Please send in all your hate mail <laughs> to Chris and only Chris. I have spoken. Yes, I have spoken. It uh, is the way. It is the way. All right. So, uh, but then let's uh, let's do some bat plugs now. Let's do some bat plugs. All right. What do you got, Cameron? I, I've been pretty busy during the, the Christmas break, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to watch a lot. I The top of my list right now is Cats. And I'm sure everyone knows all about the fiasco that is Cats. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I Now I just want to watch the V1 cut. I know, which I, yeah, we're, we're probably too late to have seen it. Yeah. I think, uh, cause we're, we, we will be doing our year in review episode next. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of movies I've been catching out too. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that then, but maybe we should both try and get in to see cats before. Oh, I, I will do my best. To I know. To I know you're very busy, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I saw uncut gems this weekend. Oh, what'd you think that? Wow. Is it good? It's, it's a lot. I, it's, it's so suspenseful mm-hmm. at the, towards the end of the movie. I walked out of the theater and literally walked two miles. Yeah. I, I walked to that target down the street. Yeah. Just because I needed something to get my heartbeat back down. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever been that stressed mm-hmm. in a film. It's been a while since I felt that stress in a film. Okay. Right? Just like leave and just walk. Yeah. So it's good then. It's great. Oh okay. yeah. It's, it's amazing. And how's um, Adam Sandler? Amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a, a New York Jew. It's, it's Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. But I mean, I think he gets a bit of a bad rep sometimes, mostly because most of his movies. Well, there, there are was a, there bad, was a joke that I read recently that it was um, Adam Sandler's comedies are him just charging up his like acting energy bar. Yeah, and he expels it all in one movie. All at the of end. this. Yeah, but people say that he's really good in Punch Drunk Love, which I haven't actually seen. Yeah, I also haven't seen that. I mean, yeah. every obviously everyone remembers Click. Being like, have you not seen Click? I haven't seen Click. Wow. I heard Click wasn't that great. Click is great. Click is an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, don't, don't watch it. I'll okay. I'll say that now. It will drive you into a full spiral of depression. I only just got out of that. Yes. <laughs> Do not, if you, at this point in your life, if you've not seen Click, I would never recommend watching Click. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, exactly. I might, ha- I might have to. Uh, yeah, Uncut Gems is great. And then I also started listening to, um, I, I got Bob Iger's um, book. Oh, okay. Uh, and it starts off real dark. Really? Yeah. So the the prologue is him talking about, um, I didn't realize how close in time all these things were, but as he's about to launch Shanghai Disney back in 2016, mm-hmm. Uh, weeks, but not even weeks, but probably like three weeks before that uh, was the Pulse shooting in Orlando. That's right, yeah. And then days after that was the kid who died on property from the alligator attack. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then in his book, uh, in his story, they, they talked about something that I don't think had been public for very long of the the guy that shot up Pulse was, you know, from like, what the FBI has been able to figure out from his patterns, mm-hmm. he was going to shoot up Disney Springs. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but the night that night, there was extra security because it was a concert at mm-hmm. House of Blues. Oh, damn. And so they found his search history, and from the Disney Springs parking lot, he Googled closest nightclubs, and Pulse was the closest one. Shit. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, fuck, this... I hate listening to this because yeah. it's fucking real and deep. 
Uh, so he's talking about like having to deal with, you know, everything happening in Orlando and, you know, sending out all of the, um, not psychiatrists, but like Disney has a, a staff of just like grief counselors. That's yeah. Grief counselors to everyone in Orlando, because I think there were, I think it said, uh, six, empl- six cast members got shot and two died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sending grief counselors to, for all of that. And then, you know, days later having the alligator attack yeah. while he's meeting, you know, uh, the current, at the time, the current president of China mm-hmm. was that day. Oh God. Um, and it's like, yeah, it was it's like him talking about how he had to deal with all of that on top of each other. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, but after that, the book is <laughs> much it gets, it gets lighter. That, gets... That's just the prologue. No, is is he reading it? He he read the prologue. Okay. Uh, and then after that, I haven't. I I just finished chapter one. Okay. So maybe it'll switch back to him. Probably not. I, I think now it's just another guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, maybe I, just for the prologue, I think okay. that might be worth just listening to. Yeah. Because like it, like I I was it, that was on my walk to the Target, and I was like sobbing. On the sidewalk as I'm walking over. You had a very emotionally trying. It, it was a hard Saturday, yeah. And I bought some mouthwash. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Did that make you feel better? It did. Okay. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching, reading, listening? Hopefully something a little happier than, uh, I'll, than I've that. I've been doing a massive movie catch-up. I think I'll save those for our year in review. Okay. Um, but I did read a couple books recently. Okay. Because that's what I do when I'm on vacation. I read. Great. I just, what have you been reading? So... I uh, read this book, 10 Dead Comedians by Fred Van Lent. Mm-hmm. So it's a riff off of, and then there were none, the the classic Agatha Christie locked room murder mystery, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just like people are getting picked off one by one and they're trying to figure out who, it's a whodunit, who's yeah. the killer amongst this group. Um, but the twist in this is, instead of going to like some old house somewhere, it's a contemporary story of nine comedians who take on various like proxies for contemporary kind of figures. Like there is someone who is um, kind of like a, a Larry the Cable Guy proxy. There's like a, a jobbing, just on the road, stand-up comedian. There's someone who um, does like a, a like a like a shock podcast. Like they like just like jump out. You like, hey, I'm gonna like interview you on the spot, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a Joan Rivers type. So they kind of pick all these different sort of comedy tropes that you know kind of vaguely reflect. A, you know, a fairly well-known comedian type. And they all go to this island where this really well-established comedian who basically made a fortune doing, like, Garfield-style, like, really crappy animated movies has invited them out there. And then, of course, like, they all start dying off. And initially, I was a little bit... I, I love Locked Room Murder Mysteries, my absolute favorite genre. So I was super on board, plus it's comedy. And initially, I was a little bit skeptical because the dialogue felt a little bit too jokey and written. Okay. Sort of thing like it. The it felt like it read like a bunch of people constantly doing bits rather than saying real things. And I, like I was, well, kind, I, I can't relate. I can't. I have no <laughs> idea what that's like. I was kind of waiting for someone to call them out and be like, "You're all making comments and jokes like this is you know not people actually dying." I was waiting for that kind of like meta little line just to kind of justify the some of the dialogue, and it wasn't there. But. It very quickly, and, and there was just some like some really tropey things. So like that that shock podcaster. So she's um, like a lesbian. They make a comment about like her unshaved legs, sort of things. Like okay, like there's some just kind of tropey stuff going on here. 
But then as it went along, it started to actually really get into some like really meaty, interesting things just about the comedy world. Mm-hmm. So the Joan Rivers type character gives a whole speech about how she knew about Bill Cosby long before anyone else did. And when she's basically like called out on it, she in turn just explains like why, even if you were aware of it at the time, there was no way to do anything about it, especially as a female comedian and like the power he had. And the fact that at the time it was like all of the celebrities versus all of the, you know, the paparazzi sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so they talk about that or they talk about another character who like the, the on the road comic who is really mad at a, a Jay Leno type for never getting on the show. And the Jay Leno types like you were mad because I didn't put you on my show. I have to look out for me. Like I have to make sure that people on my show make me look good because I have to keep this running for the hundreds of people that I employ and all their families. And so it actually like has this really smart awareness and like actually talks about real things um, in a way that I really wasn't expecting. Like, Oh, that's actually really, really good. And it's also fun, like has a lot of good like death traps and, twists and turns and I really really enjoyed it so interesting yeah I recommend that and then I uh, I read another book called Openly Straight by Bill Coningsberg and so it's a it's a young adult novel and it's this this out gay kid from Boulder Colorado goes to a super preppy um, all boys school on the east coast for his junior and senior year and he decides he's not going to be openly gay he's going to just be like just not talk about it and like basically pretend to be straight and he essentially goes back in the closet, but he self-justifies it and saying that's not what he's doing. And then, of course, things start to, you know, go wrong as a result. And it's, it's a good story. It's like a kind of a cool twist on something that I hadn't really seen before, which is what happens when you come out and it's no big deal. But people still then label you as the gay kid. So trying to move away from that label and just trying to be seen as like a normal person. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. I liked it a lot. So. There's, a, there's a, a college humor sketch they made a couple years ago. Um called the straightest guy at the party okay where it's brilliant it's it's the same it's it's the same like dialogue you hear when there's like the the super flamboyant person comes to the party yeah where it's the girl sitting at the table it's like i wish i could just have a straight friend like that like Mm. he's he's a he's raging straight and the guy (laughs) comes over and he's like uh do you know where the stud finder is (laughs) um what are the other oh he he goes to everyone's like do you have a lighter like do you smoke like nah, he just walks away. <laughs> and like, wow, he's so straight. He came and finished conversations properly. It's so good. All right, I'll, I'll I think like it's better because I think that I think the actor playing the straight guy is like one of the first gay writers on College Humor. Okay, let me see. I'll, I'll put this in the notes too. Oh, I'm sure everyone's loving the sound of my typing. This is a very loud computer. Uh, the straightest dude ever. Yeah. It's so good. I'm not actually gonna. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch it when we Let's see if I can get, like, a thumbnail to figure out who it is. That doesn't matter. Um, but, no, that sounds amazing. It's great. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a fun idea. So, But, yeah, that's what I've been reading. And then, like I said, next week we're going to do our year in review. Um, so I'm, I'm doing a rapid catch-up here. Yeah. I, I'll, I've got a few more to go. And, I'll try. Because I, I started my top ten list, and I realized I have not watched good movies this year. <laughs> I, I, think, I couldn't make a top ten because of how, like mediocre I feel like this year of movies has been they kind of happen yeah I think that'll be kind of part of the conversation yeah um, I mean we'll have to talk about mediocre movies because we're we'll talking about the rise of Skywalker we will be talking about the rise of Skywalker next week and, right. and our theater experience to go along with oh it. yeah it's a it's a whole saga in of itself yes uh, but no thank you as always for listening uh, if you want to reach us we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook Twitter Instagram and Gmail 
Uh, if you're listening to this relatively early on and you can maybe catch us before this weekend when we're going to record the next episode, uh, send us some of your favorite movies of the year. We'd love yes. to hear what people really enjoyed. And your thoughts on Skywalker. Yes, and also your thoughts on Rise of Skywalker. Woof. Yeah. Um, wait, did I already say how you can find us? Yeah. Okay. I was on autopilot. That's fine. And then it veered off autopilot. Yeah. And I had a course correct. Uh, you can find me. Uh, you can find, I, I put out a Christmas animation. That you my did. Family, I loved it. Uh, my family did not appreciate. I'm sure they didn't. Uh, you can see that at camera.dexter. And if you want to see my face, uh, you can find that at camdexter underscore adventures. Boom, boom, boom. And I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. So, and uh, yeah, that's it. Perfect. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy exactly. 2020. Happy 2020. May this year be better. God, let's hope so. Than the last. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye.